0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode number 23. This is our LeBron episode <laughs> or our Jordan episode, whichever team you're on. Um, So which which team are you, Alyssa? Are you LeBron or Jordan?
1: Uh, well, they're both cocky as hell, but you're not wrong. <laughs> I would, I'd probably go with Jordan, even though I do have a LeBron jersey uh, in my closet, but it wasn't my purchasing. It was my brother's and I kind of took it. Don't tell him.
0: Ah, I will not tell him. Hopefully he doesn't listen. So you didn't just out yourself there, but, um,
1: he knows I have it, but like, I refuse to (laughs) give it back.
0: I'm going to go Jordan as well. LeBron doesn't have six rings, so maybe we'll reconsider when he does. But anyway, this is episode number 23 of Woe is Media. Welcome back, everybody. Um, We got some exciting couple of stories for you today. They're both, Alyssa and I normally do two each. Today we have one apiece because each story is a little bit longer. Very exciting. Alyssa, what have you got for us?
1: So you might wanna check your email again because upcoming this month, we have the Primetime Emmy Awards and I decided to finally sit down and go through the nominations. I've been putting it off for a few weeks now. So I just went through, I consulted with um, Variety, which is normally who I go to for um, educated guesses, but I also still inflicted my opinion on these as well. So look forward to that. What about you, my love?
0: We have a very exciting landmark trial that is coming to the stage today, August 31st. We are kicking it off. We have not talked about it before on this podcast, but it is a subject matter that I find incredibly interesting. It's been something I've followed for the last couple of years now. I We don't normally talk about true crime because that's not the purpose of this podcast, though we both enjoy true crime.
1: Very much um, so.
0: And me in particular, I'm a fan of white collar crime. I don't need the the gore and the violence. And I'm the violent one. Give me some money laundering. Yeah, you're the violent one. Give me some some money laundering and some wire fraud. I'm all so we're gonna talk about the great trial of Elizabeth Holmes today, who is the former, who's the former CEO of Theranos, which is a blood testing company. So we're gonna get into the trial and then the background on how she got trial she got snatched she got snatched she got charged all right so Bye, i'm gonna go first today because this is a very pressing trial in the sense that is actually kicking off today august 31st they are beginning the trial with jury selection so as i said this first story is called taking theranos to trial so without further ado the former ceo elizabeth holmes of the now defunct healthcare company Theranos is about to be on trial. Today is the first day. She is accused of criminal fraud, nine counts of wire fraud. Damn. Yeah, nine. And two counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud for distributing blood tests with falsified results to consumers. No bueno. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Blood data, you would generally want to be accurate and not have false facts.
1: private.
0: (laughs) And private, but yes, especially accurate more than anything. Yes. Um, yes. So we'll get into a little bit of like what Theranos was because I feel like a lot of this was happening in kind of like the mid-2000s and the company ended up going out of business in 2018. So it's been a while since the real drama was unfolding um the reason that this is going to trial now it was supposed to go to trial last summer um but it has been delayed three times because of the COVID pandemic and it had to be delayed a fourth time because our lovely ceo and woman on trial here elizabeth holmes got pregnant
1: so gosh darn it why do I women know. exist
0: yeah, well, we'll get into that. She delivered a baby boy, William Holmes, about- She named him after, after her husband. husband. I don't even think they're married, which is fine. No, they're like, married. Married, but her, she married him after- she, she married him. She named her son after her partner.
1: Yeah. She, they're married. I did I did research.
0: Oh, are they? Okay. Every, every podcast I've been listening to is just called him her partner, which I guess is- more or less the same thing as a husband. I
1: love that for the future of like partnerships and romantic relationships. But yes, it, by definition, they are legally married.
0: Yeah. Partner is more of an inclusive term. Though some people are like, oh, her business partner? You're like, no. Right. Like romantic partner. They, they're, they're involved. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing things. <laughs> uh, Making babies. Obvious obviously since she got pregnant anyway um so Theranos which is kind of a funky name um it was founded in the early 2000s by Elizabeth Holmes when she was 19 years old so she was a very young female entrepreneur
1: lady boss
0: lady boss girl boss
1: whatever the term is that is that gatekeep
0: gaslight girl boss right is that what it is something like that I may have gotten the order wrong but that's uh it's generally what they say nowadays um so Theranos was a company it was a healthcare company, healthcare technology company, where the purpose of it was they really wanted to change the process of taking blood samples from people. So normally when you go into the doctor, they like slap your arm around and then they put the rubber band on it to pop up a vein. Slap
1: you around a little bit. A
0: little bit, yeah. And then they stick you with this big needle and then you sit there and you try not to look at it and you try not to faint. And then they suck a bunch of blood out of your arm.
1: Okay. Unpopular opinion. I don't know how people can like get blood done and not look at the needle. Like I'm like, it's like a magnet. Like I have to be watching it at all times. Yeah. Uh, I don't like, like,
0: I don't like to watch it.
1: Not because I want to, but like just the idea of like a a prick happening while I'm not looking like unsuspectingly, it scares me. Sorry.
0: Interesting. Yeah. No, I don't like to watch it. I would rather just have the phlebotomist talk to me and like calm me down. I I don't faint or anything, but I'm like, I want to be distracted while it's happening.
1: Yeah. I don't want to be here.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, So the company was originally supposedly founded based on Elizabeth's fear of needles. Like she didn't want people to have to go through the same painful phlebotomy. So she wanted to create a company that had a device where it could run all these blood tests that you would need for your health based off one drop of blood. So it'd just be like a finger prick. Okay. The company went about creating the technology and the machines to run these tests with just that small drop of blood. And that was kind of the premise. And the name Theranos comes from, um, it's a kind of a portmanteau. So a combination of the word therapy and the word diagnosis. So.
1: Okay. I like when I first uh, learned about it, I All I could think of was Thanos. So,
0: yeah, that's that's what I thought as well. It kind of sounds like some sort of Greek superhero-like organization. Yeah, but this was kind of before all the Disney Plus Marvel craze when this this came out in the early two thousands. So, but that's what the name is based off of. Um, so they a blood testing machine which she named the Edison after, obviously Thomas Edison, the great inventor. Um, Uh, the ripoff artist yeah yeah but yeah I guess for her her, no you're correct but for these (laughs) for her purposes you know it's it's her invention so she named it after the Edison um and this machine was just it would you know prick your finger and then it would supposedly take the blood and it could run hundreds is what they claimed hundreds of tests on the one drop of blood and it could tell you things like what your cholesterol was it could tell you if you were at risk for a miscarriage if you were pregnant it could tell you things like you know do you have cancer like things from that all the different tests that were run based off that blood that's what they claimed we will get into why this is false and that is Uh why she is on trial so um the problem with the Edison is that it didn't really work the results were very incorrect or very inconsistent. Um, and it's a big deal to get incorrect data about your health because, you know, if you are, if you take this blood test and it says, oh, you have cancer or your cancer that you have is resurfaced, maybe if you were in remission or something, it's a big deal. That's, you know, absolutely. That's a huge impact on people's lives. Um, so a lot of, people who received Theranos tests and received incorrect results, they would go to a separate lab company like uh, LabQuest or LabCorp. Um, Those are kind of the the two main players in the lab testing space. And they would, you know, get a second opinion. And guess what? (laughs) The data came back very different (laughs) than it did from the Theranos test. So people are like, hmm, wait a minute. Like, why is this not the same? And to some degree, there's going to be a range when you take a test, depending Mm -hmm. on like what you've eaten that day and what's in your body and stuff like that but semantics aside the results were widely different from other lab testing companies so that was a problem um and elizabeth holmes her personally we'll get into a little bit about like her biography she's currently a 37 year old woman from the dc area and she has always been known as someone who's hard-working and ambitious i've done a lot of research and listened to a lot of podcasts on kind of Elizabeth, like through the ages and how she got to be who she is today. And she's always been kind of like a quiet person with big dreams, but she's always been someone who likes to pursue interesting things. Like when she was in high school, she would take Mandarin classes on the side. You know, she always had these like big ideas. She wanted to be a billionaire when she was a kid. Like if you asked her what she wanted to be when she would grow up, she would say a billionaire, which by the way, not a job title, just a status. I was about to say. Anyway, um, so yeah, she's always had big dreams, which there's nothing wrong with that, especially as a kid. But, you know, sometimes uh, ambition can cloud your judgment a little bit, which seems to be the case here. So she went to Stanford to kind of pursue a degree in engineering, um, especially wanting to work in the healthcare sector. She had a lot of ideas and she would talk to some of the staff, or excuse me, not the staff, the um, the department at the Stanford engineering and in the medical school. I knew what you meant. Staff is not the correct word. For those people have tenure. They're very smart. Um, but she would talk to them about her ideas, and a couple of them were like, "No, like, I mean, it's it's like a you know noble thought, but you have to get the tr- and figure out how this is actually going to work because it's hard to add value in the medical field if you don't have the training and the expertise and understand kind of the mechanics of the human body and how stuff works and biology." And that's just kind of hard to obtain when you've only completed like a year and a half of college. So Elizabeth was kind of getting some input that, you know, this is a great idea in theory, but you're not ready for it. You don't have the training that it takes to kind of put this together right now, but like, you know, stay at Stanford or keep doing your research, keep working. And then maybe you'll play
1: with the trees some more.
0: Yeah, really though. Um, The Cardinal, not the Cardinals, the Cardinal, it's just one. It's just one tree. It's just one stands
1: yeah. alone in the field
0: next <laughs> to Stanford, Northern California. Um, but yeah, so she was like, oh, okay, whatever. But she decided to go ahead and pursue her company and her goals anyway. And she was spending all of her time talking to venture capitalists, trying to get funding for her ideas. So she ended up dropping out of Stanford because she wasn't really going to class or pursuing her degree or anything.
1: Hence the name of the very popular podcast the dropout
0: yes which is a great podcast by the way
1: about this case so
0: Um, but this reminds a lot of people of mark zuckerberg dropping out of a very prestigious university to pursue a tech startup idea in silicon valley you know it's um pretty pretty common pathway for people in this industry very just drop out of school kids it's fine yeah you'll figure it out you don't need an ivy league degree um but yeah so she decided to go full hog drop out of stanford and get into creating Theranos she was able to gain a lot of recognition early on and a lot of clout I guess early on because she surrounded herself and stacked her company's board with highly influential and powerful people to kind of like gain the public's trust and to gain the trust of the venture capitalists if she could get the funding to do what she wanted to do so Some of the people on the board include former Secretary of State, former Education Secretary Betsy DeVos, her, sorry. Excuse me, Betsy DeVos is not on the board, but she was an early investor in Theranos.
1: She Um, also wasn't an educator, but yet she held that position for a while too.
0: mm -hmm, That's correct. Um, Henry Kissinger, who was also former Secretary of State,
1: Eh.
0: Um, General James Mattis, who was Secretary of Defense you'll notice these people are incredibly powerful, but do any of them have any involvement in the sciences? No, they're in the military and in the federal government, which is fine, but that's maybe not necessarily people who would have benefit
1: from this or
0: help other than money and clout to afford for a healthcare sciences company so that's yeah that's a little sus um but she was able to raise six million dollars in 2004 from venture capitalists to fund Theranos and she worked quickly by the time it got to be 2010 she had 92 million dollars that she raised from venture capitalists so big increase and by 2014 Wall Street valued Theranos to be around worth nine billion dollars So definitely a unicorn nine times over. If you remember, a unicorn is a private company with a valuation of a billion dollars or more. So Theranos is very much a unicorn at the time. And Elizabeth was the youngest, wealthiest, self-made female billionaire in the world, which is exciting. That's a very cool claim to Title, yeah. I'm not that person. I can never be that person. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not that rich. But- you know, so she was this huge star, like everybody in the media was covering her. She was on the cover of Forbes and Time and, you know, had all this press and she was really soaking it up. And Theranos was just, just getting so much credit. And everybody loved Elizabeth because obviously she's a woman entrepreneur and there are so few of those who end up getting the same type of coverage that a lot of the men do, especially in the tech sector. It's, you know, a very heavy male sector, um, as we know with Google and Apple and Zuckerberg with Facebook, they're all men, which is fine, you know, they've obviously created good things and they deserve the recognition and they get plenty of it, but it's just a different story. So a lot of people really like got behind her and got behind her vision and they wanted it to work because of, you know, the setting of it. Like, it's just, it's cool to see. Um, So, yeah, but she was, there were kind of some struggles in the middle there Um, She really needed money. Um, It wasn't going, I guess, as well with the tech investors as she wanted it to, partially because of, you know, the economic problems in 2008 and 2009. So she brought on kind of a white knight to help save the company. He injected a personal loan into it. Um, (laughs) Get it injected. Oh, I didn't even mean to do that. Yeah. Look at two. Um, And this guy's name was Sonny Balwani. And you will hear Ooh. a lot about him as the trial goes on.
1: I love that name, though.
0: Sunny Balwani. Yeah.
1: I love that. Yeah. I love that E and an E, like a double E name.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is from India, I believe, originally, or at least his family I know is in India. Um, but he not only injected the loan, he <laughs> <laughs> he joined the board of Theranos um, and he actually became chief operating officer. So he had Look
1: at you go, Sunny
0: yeah 0 to 100 real quick so he was pretty much elizabeth's right hand man and very involved with the company he kind of oversaw the laboratory but Sonny again um no science experience he was oh, rich, he was rich from the software industry he kind of created his own software and was able to sell it before the dot com bubble burst in the early 2000s so that's where he had the money and that's where he had the experience so obviously these people know what they're doing in business but again, concerned. science, not so much. I was rooting for you, Sonny. I know, it's unfortunate. Um, and a lot of people were like, what the heck is he doing here? He does not have any experience in the sciences. He's mean. He would drive a Lamborghini. He was very like flashy. And he just seemed to be a lot of like, flash over substance. Um, oh, he's a bad person? Yeah, he was known as the enforcer around Theranos. Oh, do um, Yeah, he used a lot of intimidation tactics when people questioned things or you know, if they had, they were like, Hey, this technology doesn't work. He'd be like, who do you think you are? Like, why would you say that? Stop creating problems when there aren't any, like, it was just not, it was a very toxic workplace. Mm-hmm. Theranos was at the time. Um, so he was known as the enforcer. He had just a super harsh management style and he would kind of like tag team it. And she was more of the big picture stuff. And he was more of the day-to-day, but they all kept the company like very siloed, like, different departments didn't really know what each other was working on there was not a lot of communication everybody was sworn to secrecy like a lot of times you couldn't even talk about where you worked because it was like oh trade secrets trade secrets like that was always kind of the the party line was oh you have to protect the trade secrets so and what's interesting about this trial coming up is originally the two were going to be tried together because he is also on trial for the nine counts of wire fraud and the two counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud, but now okay. they are being tried separately. So we'll get into that at the end of this, but yeah. So he was Elizabeth's right man, right-hand right man. He was involved with pretty much everything. Um, and kind of one of the biggest things that went on at Theranos in its heyday and eventually what would be one of its failures was Theranos kind of struck a deal with Walgreens to put the Theranos test machines, which remember don't work. <laughs> they do not Oh darn. correct data about your blood, um, but they gave this very elaborate pitch to Walgreens executives to put the Theranos Edisons in Walgreens stores so people can go into the pharmacy and get their blood tested, um, you know, like if your physician asks you to go do that separately or something like that this would be a place where you could do it. And they were like, oh, you only have to use one drop of blood. It's very, you know, painless and quick and cheap and convenient. And they wanted to work with Walgreens because Walgreens has over, I believe, 8,000 retail stores. And, I was
1: about to say further exposure to rural communities as yeah, well. Yeah.
0: They're roughly within five miles of practically every American. Yes. So it, it would give their it a huge footprint. Um, They started rolling them out in California, as well as a couple in Arizona. Um, So they started in the West, I guess, with the intent to expand. The deal ended up falling through because, you know, there were so many complaints and the technology didn't work. But when they were trying to pitch why they should put their technology in the Walgreens pharmacy centers, Elizabeth and Sonny were giving these huge blatant lies about how They were on the right track with regulatory approvals, which they weren't. Like the FDA hadn't signed off on anything. They were saying that Theranos testing equipment had been used in medevac helicopters by the military, that it was in Afghanistan. Like it was just, I mean, crazy big windy lies is what they were.
1: Windy lies?
0: Have you never heard that big windies? No. Well, I guess it's kind of an old fashioned term. But But I love
1: it big windies going on. I want the title of this podcast to just be Big Windy Lies.
0: (laughs) Not Big Little Lies, Big Windy Lies. (laughs) Big Windy Lies. They even brought a flag which they claimed flew over Afghanistan. Are you? Mm. Yeah, like it's kind of disgusting to like use the military as part of your farce. Like that is.
1: Especially in a situation where they're involved in combat. Like it's not just like, oh, they went to a training camp I don't know anything about the military I apologize but no like they claim to have gone over to like foreign land where we had like hostile relations like yeah disgusting
0: yeah it's it's not cool um and that was all in 2012 when they were kind of spinning these big windies here and in 2013 (laughs) in 2013 Theranos opened several wellness centers in the Walgreens locations um and they basically just kind of conned the Walgreens executives with the blood test demos like cause Walgreens is obviously not stupid. They're a big corporation and they yes. wanted to, you know kind of figure out and learn more about the technology. So they sent in an expert and the expert has spoken on various podcasts about the subject and been like, I could not get the technology to work. They did not want us to see it. They would have their finger pricked, you know they'd be like, oh, like, can we, can we see it in action? And nose would be like, yeah, sure. So they would prick the finger and then they'd be like, okay, let's go to lunch. And then they wouldn't actually see the test being run. So the oh, thought. Funny
1: how that works.
0: The, um, it was being run on non Theranos equipment. So like Siemens medical machines and other third parties. That's how they were. When they were getting accurate tests, most of the time it was not on the Theranos equipment. It was on third party manufacturing. Oh. Which is very misleading at best to say, yeah. oh, like this is our results when you didn't even use your own proprietary technology, which is yeah. supposed to be the selling point here. <laughs> so how kind of the unraveling began, how they started to get caught for all of the big windies that they were telling. Um, so Wall Street Journal reporter, John Kerry Rue, he kind of got a tip- John Kerry? Kerry Rue. Oh, damn. No, different man. Um, John it was like
1: Kerry the once Democratic nominee for
0: president. Uh, I don't think he's got time to wait, write for the Wall Street Journal, but- That's fair. He received a tip from a medical expert who kind of thought that the Edison testing device was suspicious. So he started to investigate, and he was doing kind of a 10-month deep dive into what was going on at Theranos and trying to get as many sources and people on the record as he could. Um, And Elizabeth Holmes, not to be tampered with, found out that he was investigating, and she sent her legal team on a mission to stop him from publishing anything that he found out about Theranos. So not only Sonny with the intimidation tactics, but Elizabeth, too. Theranos, it was said that they really were heavy handed with their legal team and they would always send like they when people would resign from Theranos like they had to sign very thick non-disclosure agreements they were not supposed to talk about what, what went on and if they were found out to be talking to reporters or other companies about it you know Theranos would find out and they would they would send your legal their legal team after whoever it was that was spilling the beans there was a whistleblower named Tyler Schultz who is the grand grandson of um George Schultz who was on the board so his grandfather was on the board and was a huge backer of Elizabeth Holmes and Tyler worked at Theranos for a while and was like none of this works they're literally lying about pretty much everything going on they know it's happening they're just choosing not to be honest about it so he quit and he kind of blew the whistle and he started talking to John Kerry as well and kind of developed a relationship to give him information about what was going on um and Kerry Roode decided, screw it, Like this is the truth, I'm a journalist, this is my job to put the truth out there. So he published in October 2015 with kind of this bombshell piece about how none of the Theranos technology is working and all of the things that they are claiming are just simply not true. So Elizabeth Holmes denied everything, Sonny Balwani denied everything, and then the legal issues just sort of started piling up. That was kind of the the thing that really set everything in motion, the catalyst, if you will, was the John Kerry group piece in 2015.
1: It's like, Uh, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, there is a good chance that it may be a duck.
0: Yes, exactly. In 2018, the Securities and Exchange Commission got involved and they formally charged Holmes and Balwani um, with fraud for taking (laughs) over $700 million from investors while advertising a false product, false revenues, which they also reported that they were making millions and they're in fact making like thousands. Of course. Not really making the money, honestly. Um, So they settled with the SEC on the condition that Elizabeth Holmes had to step down. She had to relinquish all of her voting rights as a shareholder of Theranos. She had to pay a $500,000 fine. And she could not be the officer of a public company for 10 years. So Hmm. pretty, pretty steep what they charged her with. Um, And so she had to step down in June and Theranos was finally dissolved in September of 2018. So it's been about three years now since the company's been in existence. Um, But the two main schemes that Theranos is like really kind of in trouble for here are defrauding investors for you know, all of their pitches to try and get people on board to put their money into it and defrauding doctors and patients, which is uh, probably more important. Yes. Uh, You know, giving people false results or giving people incorrect results using technology that they knew wouldn't work, but they pushed it anyway. Mm -hmm. And people who did invest in the company, I mean, they lost millions. People lost their entire life savings. And, you know, for some of the rich people who invested, maybe not so much of an issue, but there were, some everyday people who were able um, to, get yeah, on the ground floor at Theranos too, and they lost everything. Um, and that's very upsetting, obviously. So it's not just about money; it's about the health data. But some of the money is obviously not just from you know people who can afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the trial starting today with jury selection, it will be prosecuted by the U.S. Attorney for the Northern California District. Um, and it, like I said, it had been delayed for over a year because obviously COVID, which makes sense. But Elizabeth Holmes got pregnant and gave birth at the beginning of August to her baby boy, which Alyssa said she named after her husband. Her husband is um, Billy Graham. Is that his last name? No, Billy. Billy Graham is a preacher, isn't he? <laughs> oh, God. Billy Evans. Billy Evans. Thank you. Sorry. Oh so no, that was beautiful. I love that. Oh. I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe I had the name wrong. Billy Graham. I, the too. I just can't find it at the moment. I don't know why oh. I said Billy Graham.
1: Billy Graham is no longer with us. Um, <laughs> right. His son, who I believe is his junior, is. Um, but yeah, no, that was wonderful. Um,
0: Billy Evans.
1: I want to know is- when this child was born so I can get their exact. I it was
0: August 10th, 2021. Okay. Or July 10th, not August. Excuse me.
1: July tenth, yeah. then it's a cancer. Does that matter? I'm, my cat is a cancer. So.
0: That's Cancers are cool. The, I mean, the baby is. You know, it's it's not. Yeah, it's not obviously the
1: baby wrong, is innocent. Of
0: mothers. Um, but yeah, so Northern District of California had to be delayed because she was pregnant. A lot of people obviously childbirth and motherhood are beautiful things and some of the miracles of life, but a lot of people are a little sus that this happened now because the woman is 37. She's obviously older. Um, and like, you know, motherhood can happen later in life, but it's just, it's going to be very hard for a jury to want to put away a woman with a newborn at home. And Elizabeth Holmes is facing up to 20 years in prison.
1: It's very similar to, um, the Diane Downs case, are you familiar?
0: I'm not, actually.
1: Okay, so I'm going to save all the gruesome things, but it's basically this woman who wanted to live a full life, but she had like three children, so that she attempted to kill them and then like framed them, framed the murder on like an assailant of some sort. But when she went to trial, she was pregnant again. And that was like the whole defense tactic, like, oh, they won't convict a pregnant woman. So...
0: Yeah, even so though it, she
1: tried to get rid of her existing children,
0: but yeah, it makes you very sympathetic. To yes, whether it was intentional or not, who knows? Like it's all speculation at this point. But she was, in fact, pregnant. That's why the had to delay the trial, and now she has a one-month-old. So she faces, as I said, up to twenty years in prison with a two hundred fifty thousand dollars fine and restitution for each count of wire fraud and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Woo. So, my that's kind of the whole story here um with the exception of a bombshell that was recently dropped which is the fact that some court documents and depositions that were originally sealed were finally released and they essentially said that Elizabeth probably plans to testify so she'll get on the stand and kind of make her case which in my opinion is not that groundbreaking because Elizabeth loves the public eye she likes to talk to the cameras she is known for like her very distinct voice which by the way we also have found out that that is not her actual voice oh she's she's been faking how she talks this entire time talks when she started at Stanford her have said that she has a very like just kind of standard normal female voice but now that she is on trial she has a very deep noticeable voice and now maybe- you know you
1: don't have to make fun of me like that.
0: I'm not making fun of you. I'm making fun of her. I'm just kidding. It's it's like a, a whole new baritone level um that most gotcha. women don't sound like and there's nothing wrong with deep voices, but it's just weird. That's a very deliberate and odd thing to change about yourself. So but we know that Elizabeth likes the spotlight and it makes sense to me that she would want to try and pitch her case to the jury when she's just she seems to be a master saleswoman. Like that's That's what she did to get Theranos to where it is, to pitch to VCEs and to Walgreens and all that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Um, but it has been released from the court documents that, yes, she probably plans to testify. And here's the developing piece that she will accuse Sonny Balwani of abuse. Of abuse? Of abuse. So they were also not only was he her right man, right hand man, but he and her were in a relationship for several years. Ladies, yeah. do
1: not be romantically involved with your business
0: partner. Yeah, that uh, is never a good idea. But we don't know exactly if they were together prior to him joining the board or if that happened after the fact, who knows. My but Lord. they lived together. They were involved for a long time. Um, so this is tricky because- no one wants to put them with a one-month-old at home <laughs> away in prison for 20 years. So there's a lot of speculation of like, was she actually abused? Did he actually abuse her? How is Sonny Bawani's legal team going to fight this? Because he does not go to trial until early 2022. So she gets a huge benefit of going first.
1: Also, I just looked it up. He is much older than her. Yeah, he's almost
0: 20 years older. Wow we
1: okay so
0: there's a lot of speculation about this um because a lot of people just don't think that Elizabeth is the type of person to get into that situation like she's always just been very in control unsure of herself a lot of people think that Sonny Balwani as we know that he was the enforcer and kind of helped create this toxic environment at Theranos, that he's very capable of doing something like that so it's tricky and we are gonna have to see how this all unfolds to see like what the jury thinks. But Alyssa, before I share my take, I kind of want to know from you, like just based on the research you've done and like what I've talked about today, what do you think she should go to jail? And like, what do you think of this piece about the abuse?
1: I think especially now in the climate that we're living in, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Um, Healthcare and healthcare fraud are very, very serious things. They were so before the pandemic, but they are especially, now and just taking what we know now about how serious things can get when you aren't provided the most accurate information and given the most accurate tools to treat your um healthcare problems i, I think she should go bye
0: yeah no i 100% agree i don't think when she was a bright-eyed 19-year-old i don't think she started out with the idea to defraud investors like yeah, i don't think no she- evil to her core but I think she like slowly became this way as the dream kept growing and as she realized how much influence she could have over people and just where it could go I think she wanted a lot of the fame and the money I think it was just kind of a lot of flash over circumstance or over substance in all honesty um and it's just clear from what we know about what happened in the lab on a scientific level that like she really, she knew probably what was going on. Um, she was just so involved in everything. And that's the, that'll probably be part of her defense as well. I was like, oh, I was CEO, like I didn't, I wasn't running the tests in the lab. Like I was delegating everything. Doesn't but, matter. You know, you're still responsible for it. Like you you were kind of like the last one standing Um, and it did all happen like under your eyes and your roof. So I really think that with like all those famous supporters, she really was, ended up just kind of chasing the clout and the fame. Um, And I I honestly think she's a con artist and is kind of guilty of everything that she's been accused of. And like regarding the abuse with Sunny Balwani, I always want to believe survivors because domestic abuse is obviously a huge, very serious issue and it's not something to be taken lightly. And if it did happen, obviously my condolences for her. If it did not happen, that's absolutely disgusting. Mm-hmm. You use that as your defense when there are people who have, who are suffering in silence from abuse every day. In and my they-
1: personal opinion, people that falsely claim like abuse and rape are just as bad as the rapists themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really not something that ought to be done. Um, and in all honesty, I really could see him being, certainly verbally abusive because it just sounds like he was a hothead and yelled a lot and with him being older that could be kind of a funky power dynamic but with her being the CEO with him being so closely involved at the company I don't know I feel like she probably had more say so than she will plead with the jury so We'll we'll have to see what happens, but if you guys are interested in this case, um, as Alyssa said, The Dropout is a podcast by ABC News. It's hosted by Rebecca Jarvis. It's like a six-piece, six-part podcast, and they're having weekly episodes come out every Tuesday now that the trial has started, so it'll give, like, updates about that, Um, and John Kerry published a book about everything that he kind of learned in his investigation. It's called Bad Blood, I've read it it is very good so if you're interested a lot of good resources out there to take advantage of but this is certainly a landmark case it's very much like a microcosm of what is going on in silicon valley because there's a lot of like oh just fake it till you make it but this is like a whole new extreme of faking
1: yeah
0: it if that's of your not t-
1: what they meant when they said no, that's that. not what they
0: meant at all um they meant like faking your confidence until you actually become yeah <laughs> So yeah, we'll see what happens with the Theranos trial. Ooh, whee. All right.
1: Now in a stark contrast from the Theranos trial. Woo! Yummies are coming up. Yes. More fun. <laughs> More fun. Um, most of these categories, there's there's a lot. So we're gonna try and go quickly because I know that. Annabelle has not seen all of these shows or actors and actresses. I have not seen all of these shows or actors and actresses. So we're just going to go off, off of our gut feeling. Now, Annabelle, I would like to explain my color coding to you quickly. Um, yellow means I believe that is who is going to win. Green is I would not mind seeing them take it.
0: Okay, I like it. So we're nope. going to start out with. Yes, is not involved.
1: No, BTS has not made their prime time um, debut other than on the talk shows and performance routes. And I don't think they have a category for that. So... I um, don't they
0: have their own variety show
1: yet? Funny you should say that they do, um, but it's a web series. Ah, gotcha. A lot of K-pop acts actually have their own variety shows, but they're on like, they're like on YouTube and stuff like that. I watch a lot of them. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, The nominees for Outstanding Drama Series are The Boys, Bridgerton, The Crown, The Mandalorian, Lovecraft Country, Pose, The Handmaid's Tale, and This Is Us. Stacked category. Very. Lots of buzz. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I've seen several of these. Um, I had to stop watching The Handmaid's Tale because it's giving me nightmares. Same. My, um, I think... The crown will probably take this home, which I see you highlighted in yellow as well. My green pick, I guess, for what I wouldn't mind seeing would be Bridgerton, just because I thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: I as well. I liked Bridgerton, but I don't feel that it's at the same strength as the rest of these um, just yet, maybe in the next coming seasons or whatnot, the Crown had a great year with the introduction of princess Diana via Emma Corrin. And honestly, just the performances of Olivia Coleman, Tobias Menzies. Um, I can't remember the gentleman who played Charles, but he did a great job as well. So I think they're my best pick for this category, but pose just wrapped up, um, their final season recently. And I, I have not watched it yet, but it is on my to watch list and I only hear good things about it. I've never heard anyone say a bad thing about Pose. So that's my view on that. All right, outstanding comedy series. The nominees are Blackish, Cobra Kai, Pen 15, Emily in Paris, Hacks, Ted Lasso, The Flight Attendant, and The Kaminsky Method.
0: I've only seen uh the flight attendant which I didn't really think of as a comedy series so I'm not gonna go with that um I didn't think Emily in Paris was a comedy either I thought it was like a coming of age like oh this woman's in Paris working like look how cool type of show did not watch that one either but I guess for comedies um I feel like I've heard a lot of good things about Ted Lasso and Pen15. So mostly the Pen15 from you.
1: (laughs) It's a good show. Everybody should watch Pen15. I believe you. Okay, so Blackish has been around for a while and I don't think it's like really at its peak anymore. I feel I'm not saying that it's declined in content and quality, but I'm just like, I feel that if they were gonna win, they would have already won. And they probably have. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. Um Cobra Kai, I don't really see as a comedy. I see it more as like a dramedy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Pen 15, I think is hysterical personally. Emily in Paris, Emily in Paris as it's Paris. supposed to be pronounced. Um not a fan I think it's the most privileged bullshit ever I don't understand why it got nominated (laughs) honestly the only reason I think it got nominated in comedy series is people are laughing at it and not with it um hacks I've heard great things say what the memes the memes yes um hacks I've heard great things about but I feel like it came in too late in the qualification um period Mm -hmm. Uh, so maybe next season it'll have more Backing on it. Ted Lasso is just a force to be reckoned with, and you'll see that as we go. But um, my brother and my sister in law love Ted Lasso. They're like trying to give me their like login so I can watch it on my own time. So I think it has a good chance. Flight Attendant, I have not watched, but I believe it's more of a black comedy, which is why you were like, oh, I don't really think this is a comedy thing. And the Kaminsky Method. I love Michael Douglas, but I don't really have an opinion on it. So Ted Lasso, I think is going to take it, but I would love to see Pimp 15. Mm-hmm. All right. Outstanding lead actor in a drama series. We have, is it Regé-Jean? 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 I would
0: just say rege
1: yeah. I always mess up your name. I'm so sorry. You're hot as hell. Uh, Jean Page from Bridgerton, Sterling K. Brown. This is us. Billy Porter from Pose, Jonathan Majors from Lovecraft Country, Matthew Reese from Perry Mason and Josh O'Connor in the crown. That's
0: the guy who plays Charles. Hmm. I would love to see Roger Jean win too many, too many French sounding words in here, but I, yeah, I thought he was really good in Bridgerton. Um, kind of sad he's not coming back for the second season but I guess it was coming because he wasn't really the first book in the series is about Daphne and the Duke and then the rest of them are about yeah
1: he he's not really involved in the rest of the book not like he got
0: fired or like just I'm done with Bridgerton like it just wasn't part of the plot yes um I
1: honestly think he has a really good chance of taking this just from what I've read like he he was the breakout star from Bridgerton like no one Sadly, no one ever talks about anyone else in that show, which I think is upset upsetting yeah. because everybody else did a really good job too. He just happened mm-hmm. to be the breakout star. Sure. Um, if not him, I see it going to Billy Porter from Pose. I love Billy Porter.
0: I cool. like Matthew Reese as well. My mom really enjoyed Perry Mason. So really, my, yeah, he'll be my dark horse pick here. My
1: parents thought it was too dark, and that's coming from Deborah, who marathons SBU all day, every day. Dang, Deborah! I know, right? All right. Outstanding lead actress in a drama series. We have Emma Corrin in The Crown, Olivia Coleman in the Crown, Uzo Aduba in In Treatment, Elizabeth Moss in The Handmaid's Tale, Journey Smollett in Lovecraft Country, MJ Rodriguez in Pose.
0: Who does Emma Corrin play in The Crown? Is she Diana? Diana? Okay, that's what I thought.
1: I haven't gotten there yet. I'm on season three still. How um, very dare you.
0: i'm sorry. Uh <laughs> my pick here will actually be Elizabeth Moss, because I think the Handmaid's Tale is a very very much a drama. Um, Mm. And she does a good job with it. Um, So I'll pick her. I
1: picked Emma Corrin um, because the crown has been great from the beginning. Like season one was fantastic. Season two was great. Season three was a little iffy for me, but season four, when she is introduced as Diana really brought it back full swing and she's a scene stealer. Like you can't help, but look at her. And it's not just because she's playing Diana, but she She evokes Diana. She is a fantastic actress. So I'm really looking forward to hopefully seeing her win. But if not her, I would love to see MJ Rodriguez take it home for Pose. Aside from Billy Porter, she's the number one name that you hear when in reference to Pose. And she is the first trans woman uh, nominated in this category. I believe it definitely in this category, if not in the entire history of the primetime Emmys. Don't quote me on that. I'll have to go look, but definitely in this category.
0: I would, yeah, I would believe you. If not the first one of the first, for sure. Yes, absolutely. So
1: outstanding supporter and actor in a drama series. We have Michael K. Williams for Lovecraft Country, Bradley Whitford in The Handmaid's Tale, Max Minghella in The Handmaid's Tale, O.T. Fagbin, Fagbin, I apologize. I'm so sorry. Um, Also in The Handmaid's Tale. John Lithgow in Perry Mason, Tobias Menzies in The Crown, Giancarlo Esposito in The Mandalorian, and Chris Sullivan in This Is Us.
0: Another good lineup here. A lot of handmaids. Right. Um, so the first thing I saw John Lithgow in was that bombshell movie where he played Roger Ailes. You've if never just- seen John Lithgow before that? I'm sure I had, but I just like, didn't know who he was. You've seen Shrek, haven't you? oh that's right is he Farqua? he is yes okay wow he's played a heck of a lot of good characters though, I but
1: love Mason John John Lithgow
0: he's me the creeps but in- he's so good at his he's job he's supposed to give me the creeps in bombshell like he's the TV exec but exactly uh, yeah these are all good options I'll go with him though just because he's uh really stuck in my mind all right
1: so I forgot to mention her in the last thing, but Journey Smollett is like my third pick for Outstanding Lead Actress. That being said, Michael K. Williams is my top pick for this category. Um, we I spoke last week about the tragedy of Lovecraft Country being canceled after one season after having such an explosive, fantastic debut. And it's just a tragedy to me. But if not Michael K. Williams, I'm going to bias Menzies for his portrayal as Philip in The Crown.
0: I'm kind of surprised it got canceled but it's still getting like critical acclaim here.
1: Exactly that's what There's I'm of, saying.
0: They, maybe they would renew it if it got that's odd to me. That's what I racism
1: um anyways Outstanding Sporting Actress in a Drama Series. We have Gillian Anderson in The Crown, Helena Bottom Carter in The Crown, Emerald Fennell in The Crown, Ann Dowd in The Handmaid's Tale, Yvonne Strahovski in The Handmaid's Tale, Smyra Wiley in The Handmaid's Tale, Madeline Brewer in The Handmaid's Tale, and Ajane Ellis in Lovecraft Country. So there's like three shows represented here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, Helena Bottom Carter plays Margaret. Yes. Who does Gillian Anderson play in The Crown?
1: Margaret Mother F'n Snatch... Snatcher.
0: <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. Oh, The Iron Lady. Okay. Yes. That's a... I'll go with that one just because it's a big character. You'll meet very, her in season four. Very prominent person in British history.
1: So... The moment she walked on screen as Margaret Thatcher, I was like, she's winning an Emmy Award. Like there's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Her performance is phenomenal. I've been a fan of Gillian Anderson since high school. When I first watched the X-Files, I love her in Sex Education. This to me is one of her best roles. I have no one highlighted in green because that's how much faith I have in her winning this
0: category. Well, if you thought it as soon as you saw it, surely it has to be the case. (laughs)
1: There's just something about her presence as Margaret Thatcher, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I, I love Gillian Anderson, but I hated her as Margaret Thatcher, and that's, I always say, if you can get me to hate you and I really like you, that's a sign of a good actor and actress. So that's
0: true.
1: So that's how I feel. Outstanding lead actor in a comedy series: we have Jason Sudeikis from Ted Lasso, Anthony Anderson from Blackish, Michael Douglas from The Kaminsky Method, William H. Macy from Shameless, and Keenan Thompson from Keenan.
0: Well, it sounds like Ted Lasso is just going to run the gamut on whatever they're nominated in. So let's go Jason Sudeikis here.
1: I said the same exact thing. No offense to any of these other nominees, but I feel like just, the whole cast of Ted Lasso is wonderful. They've all gotten really great um, name drops from very reliable, incredible sources, but I feel Jason Sudeikis is really a great job doing his front runner motif. So giving it to him and only him yes. outstanding. <laughs> Sorry. Outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. We have Aidy Bryant, Shrill, Gene Smart in Hacks, Allison Janney in Mom, Kaylee Cuoco in The Flight Attendant, and Tracy Ellis Ross in Blackish.
0: Allison Janney is just like a phenomenal actress. She's and my favorite actress. Is she really like C.J. Craig? She... C.J. Craig, you already know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like this show is like the thing to win her an Emmy personally. Thank you but it, it's, she's such a heavyweight. I feel like it would be hard to bet against her. So she, she'll be my heart pick, not my head pick.
1: I also feel like she's won for this role before. Let me yeah, check probably. while you continue talking. I apologize.
0: I've seen Kaylee Cuoco and The Flight Attendant. Um, I don't know. I, I wanted to like this show more than I did. And it, it's nothing against like Kaylee Cuoco or anything like that. I just like, the development of it, like it's a very frenetic show. Like a lot of it is just so back and forth. And the whole premise of it is like, she's a flight attendant who wakes up next to this man who she was involved with the night before, but he's like, she wakes up and he's dead. And she does not remember anything that happened. And, you know, she's obviously a primary suspect cause she woke up next to him. Um, and she did a great job with her character. I think the character and the rest of the cast and their characters just didn't really hit well with me. I rated it a six out of 10. Okay, that's fair. They're so worth watching, but not like incredible.
1: Like, oh my God.
0: <laughs> um, to go back to Allison
1: Janney real quick. She is a seven time primetime Emmy award winner. Um, twice- for mom, but as the supporting actress, because I believe Anna Ferris is no longer on the show. So now she's considered the lead. So she's won for the role before. And I always like to give it more towards the, the new things. So I give it to Jean Smart and Hacks. I've heard nothing but great uh, reviews of her performance. Um, but if not her, Kaylee Cuoco, to me, has a pretty good chance of taking it.
0: All right.
1: All right. outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series we have bowen yang for saturday night live keenan thompson for saturday night live brett goldstein for ted lasso Brenton hunt for ted lasso nick Mohammed for ted lasso jeremy swift for ted lasso paul riser for the
0: Kaminsky method and carl clemens hopkins for hacks i'm not familiar with any of these performances ted lasso i guess is obviously the favorite here um, I, I see what you highlighted, so I'll just agree with you for this category.
1: <laughs> it's you know, it's 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 a it, it, it's a good bet, I would say. Um, he play, I'm trying to remember his name in the show. He plays um like this midfielder. I don't know anything about soccer, and that's what Ted Lasso is about, which is why yeah. my brother loves it. Coach, so much. Right? Sudeikis,
0: huh? is the, Sudeikis is the soccer coach, yeah. So, well, that's the funny
1: thing. He's like a, an American football coach. And then he's like picked to become like a soccer coach, I believe. Love it. And it's like, they don't equate, but anyways, but yes, Brett Goldstein is my pick for this category. He played. He plays like an older and aging um, soccer player. And he just like, yeah, he sounds cool. And I like him. So outstanding sporting actress in a comedy series. We have Kate McKinnon, Saturday Night Live. Cecily Strong, Saturday Night Live. Aidy Bryant in Saturday Night Live. Rosie Perez, The Flight Attendant. Hannah Einbinder, or Einbinder, Hacks. Hannah Waddingham, Ted Lasso. And Juno Temple in Ted Lasso.
0: I love Kate McKinnon. So I'm going to go with her.
1: <laughs> I've got Hannah Waddingham. She plays... I can never remember any of their names from Ted Lasso. She plays um so she acquires the team that uh Ted Lasso is like in charge of running through a divorce settlement. So yes. she's like I'm in here. I'm your I'm I own this team. I'm, I'm the new sheriff in town. Yeah, so and I believe like she doesn't really vibe with how Ted like coaches the team but then she like comes around to him. No spoilers, but That's how it it seems to be. So one day I will watch Ted Lasso in its entirety. I've just done a lot of reading lately. Outstanding limited series. We have Mayor of Easttown, I May Destroy You, WandaVision, The Queen's Gambit, and
0: The Underground Railroad. Of these, I've only seen The Queen's Gambit. I've been meaning to watch Mayor of Easttown. It's on my list, but I haven't done it yet um I say that about everything I feel like but it's you know the list just keeps growing um but I'll go with the Queen's Gambit on this one because Anya Joy Taylor did phenomenal job I've rewatched it a couple times I just I think it's a very poignant well done you've
1: rewatched street.
0: it wow okay I have commitment issues with tv shows so I just watch things I've already seen
1: no I do the same but like for me Queen's Gambit was so depressing <laughs> it's not something I would watch again <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know. It is, but there's certain things just like grip me,
1: I guess. And that this is that's fair. I'm- that's fair. Um, Town is taking it, but I I struggled in this category as you can see because if not Town, which is my number one pick, I would love to see Wandavision or the Queen's Gambit take it because the Queen's Gambit is like it's obviously a limited series because it's nominated in the limited series, so this is like its last run in eligibility. So I would like to see it take home something, but WandaVision also, I'm not the biggest Marvel fan in the world, but I loved watching WandaVision. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Okay. Outstanding television movie. We have Uncle Frank, Sylvie's Love, Oslo, Robin Roberts presents Mahalia, and Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. I'm shocked you didn't pick Dolly Parton. It's because it's, it, it, Dolly Parton's Christmas movie? on the Square. It's it's not a bad movie. It's just very cheesy, oh, and yeah. it doesn't seem like it's on the it's on a different level than what these other shows are giving. Gotcha. I've never seen any of these.
0: Is Oslo about Norway?
1: How would you know? Um, I I had to look it up because honestly like sometimes I have to when I am not familiar I have to go look up and I just read the premise and I go off of what the critics say and what how I feel about the plot and this Oslo is about the Oslo Accords okay. and about like the secret negotiations within that so I went with that and it's got um Andrew Scott's in it Ruth Wilson Jeff Wilbush so some great names attached to it so that's why I went with them
0: Nice.
1: Yes. Okay. So, outstanding lead actor in a limited series or movie. We have Ball Bettany in WandaVision, Hugh Grant, The Undoing, Hugh and McGregor in Halston, Lynn Manuel Miranda in Hamilton, and Leslie otter Jr. in
0: Hamilton. I really liked The Undoing, and Hugh Grant just gave me the creeps on that one. So, I'll go with him. Truly. um I should have highlighted him
1: as like, I wouldn't mind seeing him. So, I'll put him down for wouldn't mind seeing him. But, Paul Bettany has it for me. Paul Bettany. As Vision was just a joy to watch. Just being able to get to know his character more, because I feel like in the like theatrical films, like Vision was always kind of pushed to the side. Mm-hmm. So I like seeing him in the forefront. He's a great actor. Outstanding lead actress in a limited series or movie: we have Kate Winslet in *Mare of Easttown*, Michaela Cole in *I May Destroy You*, Anya Taylor-Joy in *The Queen's Gambit*, Elizabeth Olsen in *WandaVision*, and Cynthia Erivo in
0: *Genius Aretha*. My bad. I think earlier I said Anya Taylor or Anya Joy Taylor. <laughs> okay i kind of was hyphenated i guess i thought joy was her middle name and taylor was her last name so my bad but regardless of the order of her name i will go with her for queen's gambit
1: kate winsless has this hand sound in my opinion like you'll understand when you finally get around to it you talk about wanting to throw a chair at her like i fully did i wanted i wanted her i wanted to shake her like frustrating Yes, but so good at the same time. So she's got it hands down for me. Outstanding sporting actress in a limited series or movie. We have Gene Smart in Meravies Town, Julianne Nicholson in Meravies Town, Catherine Hahn in Wandavision, Philip Sue in Hamilton, Renee Elise Goldsbury in Hamilton, and Moses Ingram in the Queen's Gambit.
0: Moses Ingram. Who does she play in the Queen's Gambit?
1: I got you. I'll figure it out. I
0: forgot the rest of the cast Is, is it the mother, her adopted mother? or is it, um,
1: every time I type in the queen's gamut, it takes me to like the actual like chess move. And I'm like, no, I want the mini series.
0: Is it Jolene? It is Jolene. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, I really liked her and I just, this is with it being the only, well, I've seen Hamilton, but, um, I don't know if I could pick Philippa Sue over Renee Elise Goldsbury or not the other way around so I'll just go with Moses Ingram for the Queen's Gambit
1: you know how I feel about Hamilton being nominated in any of these like television slash movie categories I don't agree with it so I didn't pick them for any of them regardless of a little
0: sus it's a it's a Broadway musical and I get that that got filmed and put on a
1: streaming platform yeah
0: like why is this not like for the Tonys yeah I mean, well, cause
1: they swept the Tonys back in 2016 when they were nominated, but so it
0: had its time
1: then. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is like years old and now they're just getting nominated for this stuff. This is not to discredit any of their performances. Both Phillipa Renee Lee and the rest of the cast are amazing in Hamilton, but it just doesn't seem like this is the appropriate time to be talking about them. Catherine Han, I'm not going to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't seen WandaVision, but so good. So so good. So right. So right. But <laughs> all right. Outstanding supporting actor in a limited series and movie. We have David Diggs in Hamilton, Jonathan Groff in Hamilton, Anthony Ramos in Hamilton, Thomas Brody Sangster in the Queen's Gamut, Evan Peters in Mayor of East Town, and Papa s-e-a-do Isse- Esse- in I May Destroy You. I apologize.
0: Esse du? Esse du? Esse du? I'll look him up. Um, I will just take your word for the mayor of Easttown and go with Evan Peters here.
1: No, I love me some Evan Peters. I've been a fan of him ever since, um, murder house back in 2011. Um, but he really proved himself to me to be a very, like, obviously any, um, any role he played in American story was very serious, but his role in mayor of Easttown to me was a different level of serious. And I thought he did a a great job. And once again, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but his character gets screwed over. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Um, pa- Papa Esiedu, is-, is-, is he's from East London, and his family comes from Ghana. So. Oh, cool. Okay. Cool for him. I need to watch I May Destroy You. It's on my list. Um, outstanding guest actor in a drama series, Courtney B. Vance in Lovecraft Country, Charles Dance in The Crown, Don Cheadle in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Timothy Oliphant in The Mandalorian, and Carl Weathers in The Mandalorian. Sorry.
0: I feel like it's going to be slightly tough for Disney to take home any um, awards here, not because of like the quality of the shows. Just- As you highlight them in the doc. <laughs> I don't sh- sh- Um, but just because I feel like it's um, I don't know like a prestige thing maybe like I I always feel like HBO and maybe some of the not the cable shows but like on the more traditional TV networks I tend to think those would have a better chance but I don't know anything because that's this is Alyssa's area of expertise not mine but anyway um, I will go with um, Courtney Vance for Lovecraft Country I love me some Courtney B Vance, as y'all
1: know, I've recently rewatched the people versus OJ Simpson. So he was fresh on my mind, but at the same time, I loved Charles dance in the crown. Um, so he's my number one pick. He plays Laurel Mountbatten in the third and fourth season. Um, he's my number one, but I'll go Courtney B. Vance for I would really like to see it because I heard great things about him in Lovecraft Country. Outstanding guest actress in a drama series. We have Alexis Bedell in The Handmaid's Tale, McKenna Grace in The Handmaid's Tale, Claire Foy in The Crown, Felicia Rashad in This Is Us, and Sophie Okonedo in Ratchet
0: um Claire Foy played the queen in the first two seasons of the crown and I thought she did a great job I like I understand they have to age the actresses but when I started season three I was like that's not Claire Foy (laughs) um and I'm excited to see what Olivia Colman does with the role as I get more into season three I've only watched the first episode of the season but I'll go with uh Claire for this
1: I love me some Olivia Colman but I also love me some Claire Foy she's got it for me she like just the way she comes in like the way they weaved it into the storyline I thought it was really cool outstanding guest actor in a comedy series Alec Baldwin for Saturday Night Live Dave Chappelle for Saturday Night Live Daniel Kaluuya for Saturday Night Live Dan Levy for Saturday Night Live and Morgan Freeman for the Kaminsky method
0: He loved Daniel Kaluuya
1: I do love Daniel Kaluuya
0: <laughs> I enjoy him as well so I'll, I'll agree with you here
1: I have nothing against Dan Levy. Um, I've only watched like a few episodes of Schitt's Creek. um, So I need to go back and really do it there. I have nothing against him. I think he's really funny, but I love Daniel Kaluuya. So I've got him for this. (laughs) Outstanding guest actress in a comedy series. We have Maya Rudolph for Saturday Night Live, Kristen Wiig for Saturday Night Live, Issa Rae for a Black Lady Sketch Show, Jane Addams for Hacks, Bernadette Peters for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and Yvette Nicole Brown for a Black Lady Sketch Show.
0: Uh, I like both Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph. Um, I guess I'll go Maya Rudolph.
1: I love Maya Rudolph. Y'all already know. She's my girl. I love her. I think she's one of the funniest women in the world right now.
0: Oh, no, my God, time, balls. Honestly.
1: Oh, no, my God, balls. Oh, no, my God, balls. If y'all don't watch Big Mouth, do yourself a favor and watch it because it's funny. It's real funny. She's the best
0: part of that show.
1: She head. honestly is like. Truly. And she's a great singer. Like obviously her mom was Minnie Ripperton. but like she in her own, like in her own space is a fantastic singer. All right. Outstanding variety sketch series. We have a black lady sketch show and Saturday night live. That's it.
0: I'll go SNL.
1: SNL has been around since the seventies. A black lady sketch show is new. It's fresh. I'm here for it. Let's go.
0: Yeah. That's a better pick.
1: (laughs) Outstanding variety talk series. We have Conan the late show with Stephen Colbert, the daily show with Trevor Noah, Jimmy Kimmel live. And last week tonight with John Oliver.
0: All good options. I will go with my fellow ginger Conan here.
1: Oh, okay. I've got last week tonight with John Oliver. No offense to inner. I love me some Stephen Colbert. I think he's so fun and like bright. I would love to go see him in New York one day, but as for what the show like lends to pop culture and like the influence it has i feel like last week tonight with john oliver really is like pushing it so going with that we have outstanding competition program the amazing race nailed it rupaul's drag race top chef and the voice
0: where is survivor i'm kidding they didn't have a season i was about to say girl i didn't
1: i didn't do the nominations
0: Consulting. Um, the only one so I've seen RuPaul's Drag Race with Alyssa, and I used to watch Top Chef, but then it just made me hungry, so I had to stop. Um, this amazing race season was absolute garbage, in my opinion. It does <gasps> not win.
1: I didn't watch it, so
0: it has nothing to do with who the winners are because they deserved it. But just there was some structural flaws on the show that hurt it for viewers, in my opinion. Um, so I guess I will go with. Let's see, nailed it was Phil Keegan's other show. I get I don't like singing shows, so I'm not gonna pick the voice. Um, That's I guess fair. I'll just I'll agree with you for RuPaul. Well, you know how the
1: my favorite, my favorite season of the Amazing Race is obviously the run with Brett and Chris on it. So mm-hmm. like yeah. romance for the win. I'm never gonna say no to that. But RuPaul's Drag Race is one of my favorite shows of all time. I'm going for it. I think it deserves to win another Emmy. Let's go. Also, if you have not seen Nailed It, I'm talking to the general public and you, Miss Annabelle, watch it. Because if you need a good serotonin boost, Nailed It gives it to you.
0: Really? Okay.
1: It's just a show about like people that don't know how to cook, cooking. Like it's like worse. Well, baking, I should say, not cooking. I I thought it was a building show. No, like, you know, the you remember back in like 2012 on Facebook when people would be like nailed it and they like it was so terrible, like
0: they would try and make something really fancy. I'm getting nailed it mixed up with Toughest Nails. Toughest Nails is this Phil Keegan's new show on CBS. <laughs> And that I'm pretty sure is about building. So I don't know anything and I'm going to shut up now.
1: No, it's okay. But watch Nailed It. It's fun. It's funny. Uh, we're going to get into it in a second here. With Outstanding Hosts for a Reality or Reality Competition Program, which is our last category. RuPaul for RuPaul's Drag Race. Bobby Burke, Karama Brown, Tan Francis, Anthony Porosky, and Jonathan Van Ness for Queer Eye. Nicole Bayer for Nailed It. Padma Lakshmi, Ta- Tom Kalishio. Kalishio? Lickio. Kalikio. Kalikio. Okay, sorry. And Gail Simmons for Top Chef, Mark Cuban, Barbara Corcoran, Lori Greiner, Robert Urjavec, Damon, John, and Kevin O'Leary for Shark Tank. Um, I will go with the Fab Five here for Queer Eye. That's a good one. I like that. They're they're up there for me. RuPaul has won in this category before, I believe. And as much as I love RuPaul's Drag Race, I have issues with it because of the limited view that it has caused mainstream public to have on the idea of drag. Right. And I'm not about that. I want, you know, drag is all about like stretching the boundaries of gender expression and creativity and art. And mm-hmm. I feel that Drag Race, as much as it has done for the community has also limited its capacity in what is acceptable in mainstream culture. Can so, that. huh? I could see that. Thank you. Um, so for that, I'm going with Nicole Byer for Nailed It because I love Nicole Byer and I think she's a fun host. Her is and Jacques who is like her co-host. I love them together. They're great. <laughs> Sorry that took so long, but that are those are the Primetime Emmy Awards. Yes, September 19th is the ceremony. It will be held in Los Angeles like always. And it's hosted by Cedric the Entertainer this year. Very
0: nice. So, well, so Do you have a smile file story this week now that we've wrapped up our normal content?
1: um, Going back to BTS, technically today in <laughs> South Korea, but tomorrow in America, what? when were we talking about bts you brought them up at the beginning of the primetime emmy awards you were like oh you didn't not you, the, highlight in purple for bts and we talked about the reality their variety show
0: right okay
1: you brought it up ma'am All right. so don't get mad at me
0: i'm not getting mad at you i was just like any excuse to talk about them we'll I,
1: Yeah, exactly so but technically to Today in South Korea already, but tomorrow in America is the youngest member Jungkook's birthday. So I'd just like to say a happy birthday to him. He's not listening, but I love him very much. You see that on
0: Twitter, yes. And is today
1: off. is also um, my armyversary, which is when I first started listening to BTS. I saw um, their performance of the VMAs on this date last year. It was the morning after their performances and me and my coworker were going through watching all the performances. And I was like, who are these fine men? in these Gucci like business suits dancing around. And so today is my one year anniversary of being with
0: BTS and it's John Cook's birthday. So well congratulations. I hope you guys are very happy together.
1: Thank you. We are what is your smile file for today?
0: Um so our viewers slash listeners would not know this because we don't post video, but I finally have a microphone um that my wonderful man friend Joseph hey. But for me as to be supportive of our podcast he slid into Alyssa's dms and asked what that sounds wrong she had it was all in all in good love um but yeah he was kind enough to purchase it and this is what we're using to recording so apologies for the past 22 episodes where my audio sucked hopefully it will be better with this going forward Um, but yeah. So thank you, babe, for doing that for me. We are very grateful. Um, and it made me smile that you would do that. So it's made
1: Stan smile too. He's so
0: happy for you. Stanley. Thank you.
1: All right, guys. Well, that is it for us this week. Tune in to us on social media. If you would like to, um, Mm -hmm. it's at what was media pod. I don't have anything else for the day. Have a great rest of your day guys. See you next week. Bye.